Um, the moon and numerology. Did you guys cover this at all or step on this? No. Because I did. I thought that was kind of funny. So Kennedy's speech. Is it in retrograde? <laughs> Is it in Gatorade? Some of it actually might be. I'm in retrograde. <laughs> We have a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Government's out to get ya, NASA's out to get ya, the NSA's out to get ya. Police ask public not to shoot after recent Bigfoot sighting. Open the gates. Open the gates! So, are you talking to Audio Technica? Uh, I don't know. I was looking looking for the Sure. I don't know. I think a oh. Sure SM58 is just classic. Those are so fucking solid mics, man. They've been around forever. Yeah. I love you those You can't songs. go wrong with that. I fold around with, oh, we'll do condenser mics. We'll do dynamic mics. You know, dynamics are fine. There's nothing wrong with a dynamic mic, a good one. Yeah. So, just saying. Anyway, we are talking about mics, <clears throat> boys and girls. Uh, welcome to Strange Uncles. Uh, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. How's everybody doing out there? Um, we have, so we have something we're going to kind of kick off for you. This is a part two episode of the moon. For those of you who listened to the last episode, um, we still had some, I guess, qualms out there. We didn't quite talk about other things we want to talk about. We left off with the Van Allen belts and then other things. Um, I did want to do a quick shout out actually for a Sue, who was a caller that came in a couple episodes ago. She has another story that she's lined up. And so she's either going to email it or she's going to call us in. Um, I find that woman is full of all kinds of stories. It's <laughs> actually really creepy to be honest with you, but it's cool, you know, because she has everything underneath her belt. So I just want to give yeah, her a awesome. Oh, it's so cool. I just want to give her a quick shout out because I, I think that's important. So um, we have a quick weird news fact that we're going to blow out there that uh, I stumbled on a few days ago and um, and I find it interesting. These things, as of lately, we've been talking a lot of UFOs and stuff like that. We've got some paranormal ghost things sprinkled here and there, but this is fucking interesting. And this is another thing kind of in regards to it's got some weird history. And I think one of these days we need to, uh, even though it's been beaten with a dead horse, I still on our podcast, we can tell it our own way, tell the story of Aleister Crowley. Because that motherfucker was crazy. Yeah. Is that just me? I I just really don't know. Too much about him. Oh, hold on to I your mean, ass, I, I know the name. You freaking find out. Uh, they were actually talking about him on a podcast I was listening to at work today. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, him and uh, Anton LaVey and like just basically like weird. Oh, yeah. All the weird Satanists. Yeah. No, no, it, it's, well, you know, Satanist, it's a loose term. Be careful throwing that around. You know, you don't know where that comes from. Um, I, this... I meant specifically the weird ones, not oh. Satanists in <laughs> not general. I meant specifically like Cause there is the a, sex magic There is a guys. difference. Thank you for bringing that up because that falls right in this fucking wheelhouse. So here it is. Aleister Crowley's cursed Loch Ness home to reopen as a sex magic retreat. Funny you should mention that. See? It's just fucking amazing. So back in April, um, the former home of occultist Aleister Crowley went up for sale. And this thing, it, they call it the uh, Beleskine House, uh, reportedly cursed Loch Ness Estate, uh, where Crowley famously conducted rituals in 1899 to 1913. All kinds of weird shit. 
Um, it's been the subject of lore, all that. It just it, can you imagine what happened behind closed doors in that amount of time frame? First of all, yeah. Uh, and then you add to this. So uh, he sold the house in 1913. Another guy bought it right after that. Its next owner, he committed suicide with a shotgun right to his face. Done deal. Um, and then fast forward a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Page, that name ring a bell to anybody? Yeah. Okay. Good old Led Zeppelin. Uh, um, Jimmy I've Page bought the house. He's not very good at guitar. Yeah, that's what I heard. Why I hear he steals from a bunch of old folk bands, uh, and that's what came up with most of Led Zeppelin's music. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, if I hear Stairway to Heaven again, I'm going to fucking shoot somebody in the head. So, anywho, he bought it, um, and the caretaker hired to oversee everything. And he would see strange occurrences as caretaker, yada, yada, yada. Um, so now it went up for sale as of last year. And the group that paid for it, it was unnamed investors. There's three of them, actually. Uh, it is in British pounds, but the U.S. version said it sold for a little under $700,000. Okay. Um, surrounding gardens, property, castle, everything wrapped up into it. Uh, what they're going to do, they are... Uh, their nonprofit organization called the Belaskine Foundation. It was established to restore the estate and now in the talks with Ordo Templi Orientis. <laughs> fucking shit you not. That's a name. Got to be made up, right? Uh, the religious organization led by Crowley in the early 20th century. So it's a revamp of what he used to do. And they are going to open it up for retreats and other things. Um, although they practice the th- uh, Thelema religion. And it borrows heavily on Masonic lore, ethics, and everything else, namely sex and weird shit that Aleister Crowley loved so much because he did love weird sex. Anywho, Damn, after sign reno- me up. Yeah, I know, right? Anywho, after the uh, renovations and everything's done, uh, they're going to open it up for um, sex oh, and cool. magic. And all kinds of neat stuff. It will be closed down for certain parts of the year uh, so they can perform their rituals and their magic acts. Blood, Blood sugar, sugar, sex, sex magic. Oh, don't fucking slam the chili peppers like that. God damn, dude. Uh, Fuck the chili peppers. <laughs> I fucking love the chili peppers. Oh, my God. Asshole. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was fucking kind of funny. It's like, okay, you know, we're talking about weird and eclectic. There you go. So um, yeah. I was listening to another podcast because that's pretty much all i do while i'm yelling at people through email um and uh th- someone who had been part of uh the order tempest i can't say it without butchering it um but uh they hadn't been part of it but they'd been around crowley oh. and they were like talking shit and were like yeah they, they say all this stuff about sex magic but he just like goes behind a curtain and jerks off on a piece of paper and then throws it in a fire <laughs> Well, you don't know how that fucking spell works. Come on, dude. No, I don't. But I'm just saying it was. <laughs> don't funny. say you didn't try that at home after you heard that. You're uh, gonna go home after this podcast and try that, aren't you? Uh, Fuck, I'll try. Maybe. It. Well, you never know. We'll fucking see what happens. Yeah, he was a crazy son of a bitch, that guy. You know, and so was most of his followers too. Um, God, for yeah, the life of me, what was the? Fu- was it him that was involved with Jack Parsons? Or that Jack Parsons was involved yeah, with? Yeah, no, Jack Parsons got involved with him after the fact. Um, yeah, they met each other in weird mutual behind yeah, closed door shit. I couldn't remember if it was him or Anton LaVey, which one of them wrote Satanic Verses. Well, that was Anton LaVey. So okay. that was, he declared 1966, but he was kind of a follower. Like, he knew Aleister Crowley, too. Yeah. And so the Church of Satan now, that seems to piss everybody off. But, you know, honestly, I follow him on Twitter, and they're pretty goddamn common sense folk. Do as thou wilt. Yep. Just saying, you know. Yeah. 
So take the Satanists out of it. It would be a totally different fucking scenario. Yep. So anywho. Yeah, I think there's there's two different ones. There's like the Church of Satan mm-hmm. and then the Satanic Temple. Yeah. Now they, they're, they're, they're two totally separate different. things. Right. Um, and I'm not sure which one is which, to be honest. But um, Well, everybody tries to point fingers at the Church of Satan for the I think, sacrifice. I think the shit. Satanic Temple, I think, is the one where they are based in Massachusetts or whatever. But, yeah, they're... The head guy is a smart dude that I can get behind. Yeah, I really can because honestly, again, it's just common sense. He's be not, a good human. He's not preaching, you know, sacrifice this goat. To he's not this. making, yeah, he's not fucking saying, oh, believe in this satanic lord or whatever the hell to no. make you do this. It's not like that. You are a human being. Make a good choice. That's what he says. Yeah, and I can back that 100%. Fuck, yeah, yeah I can. Yeah. yeah, so something he said about he's that. He's like, don't believe in me. Believe in yourself. Be good. Right. Exactly. And so we are going to continue with the part two of the moon. You know, we were talking about the Van Allen belts. And I think, were we done with that? Or were we going to go a little bit more in depth? Because I think we covered the belts, the range, how they made it out. That was Josh's big thing. Yeah. And and honestly, you know, that's something that I didn't really know from my side for a long time. Of I didn't even think about, oh, yeah, you're going to travel outside of... I don't think a lot of people do unless they really hit hard on the research. Yeah. 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 I, I was completely unaware of it. But yeah, in a nutshell, they avoided the first one and the capsule was well protected for the second one for the amount of time that they passed through it. So, yes. Very I mean, succinct. Yeah. Yes. Very possible to do. Um, and they did it. It matters of fact. (laughs) Something that I wanted to actually ask about that. So they made it to the Van Allen belt. They made it through. They got to the moon. There was one thing that I found that, you know, number one, looking at the the whole module itself, not that it's not built well, but it's, it just looks kind of hodgepodge. Am I the only one that can say that? I mean, I know I don't expect an aerodynamic plane because that's not the atmosphere we're in. Yeah. But- uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like the Gemini capsules looked way more hodgepodgey. Oh uh, yeah, I got a couple of pictures of those. Um, those were they look like oven range hoods. <laughs> like, how did that go to space? Well, this wasn't too far from it. There was one uh, listener called. He was talking the other day, and he was talking about when they left the moon surface at the rate that they left, and as fast as the velocity that it took them to get back up in the atmosphere that literally that outside aluminum shielding that they have on would have blown off completely. It wouldn't even been able to resist the impact of coming off the moon and back into orbit to match with the other module to come back to Earth. Well, um, he's wrong because the outside shell was not aluminum. It was steel. So, And I also mean, it survived liftoff. So coming this way. Uh, yeah. Like leaving the Earth at didn't get ripped off by our atmosphere. So I don't know why it would get ripped off in the no atmosphere of the moon. Um, and they also, so there's 5,000 degree heat of reentry, um, and that can melt most metals. Um, so the outer shell had an outer resin shell to burn off during reentry. Uh, I know. Oh. So, I mean, yeah. So they basically epoxied that motherfucker on. Yeah. It was yeah, like, no okay, okay this can burn. So, but if he was saying that the aluminum would have blown the outer, aluminum shell would have blown off he's just immediately wrong because it there's no aluminum on the outer shell 
that would do that at all. I mean, it's just, it was, there's no aluminum on the outer shell. So, has anybody ever Steel, actually baby. seen that, by the way? Seen what? The module itself. Uh, I don't know because they saw had it the, set in Seattle, not in I person. I don't know if I saw the Apollo Eleven specifically, but I uh, went to DC a couple years ago and went to the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum and uh, got to see a bunch of really cool shit. Like, yeah. uh, spacesuits a module. Got to see like Skylab or not oh, Skylab. No shit. Uh, Sea Lab twenty twenty. Maybe it was Skylab. It was like a part of one of the early space stations that they have in there. Yeah. Like uh the Smithsonian's a lot. Like and as in if you have anxiety issues, it's a lot of people to be around and a lot of screaming children. It's not a lot because it's free. But um I know there are future episode, <laughs> there are a lot of like uh conspiracies about the Smithsonian, but um Oh, I've heard I've heard some. But if you've haven't ever gone there gone to any of their museums and you get a chance to do it especially the air and space museum that's what so seattle has an awesome flight museum that uh boeing puts together oh my god yeah isn't one of the retired space shuttles in seattle yeah 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 which is amazing you know it's just neat to see you know again close up no matter what you think about this stuff it's really cool in seattle they have uh the boeing facility right and that facility is so big it has its own weather patterns. Now, are you Dude. talking about one outside of Everett, that place where they build the airplanes? Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to drive by that every day. Yeah. The bay, the warehouse, literally the bay, and I walked it. You can't see from one wall to another mm. wall. That's how big it is. Yeah, like clouds form in there. Yeah, it's literally like five stadiums <laughs> all put together. It's I freaking crazy. It's when they roll the planes out of that thing, uh, no. absolutely crazy. Um, And I don't mean to interject on this, but it just came to my attention through my brain waves. Gotcha. <laughs> that uh, we didn't even talk about the conspiracy of the lunar rocks being uh, oh, um, collected thank you. in Antarctica. And I mean, that's a pretty big one that uh, conspiracy theorists conspiracy theorists say. Okay, so do we want to go with that? Do we, okay, we'll I, go well, with that. I think in Let's episode touch on one, it. we mentioned like three or four pretty big things I, I was going to say we've got a couple yet. hanging out there and I think that's why we're doing a part let's, 2. Let's 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 just touch on this a little bit. So there is the conspiracy theory um that all the moon rocks are actually meteorites that they collected in Antarctica. Right. Werner von Braun, which is a Nazi scientist Fuck part of the guy. SS. Um I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think after yes. this we should touch on him a little bit. Yeah. Um but that's where we got our samples from is Antarctica. But yeah, that's the that, theory. I mean, that's the theory. But it's impossible because we have studied rocks from the lunar surface. And the thing that differentiates lunar rocks and even meteorites that are from the Earth is water. So when they study a rock that is from the moon, there's no water and it's billions of years old, and they're from ancient uh, lunar volcanoes. So you're right. I y looked into this. Y'all can't see me adjusting my glasses right now, but <laughs> as he rolls it up, do you want to go? First? Anyway, okay. yes. So any geologist worth his stones <laughs> will tell you that, like, <laughs> if a rock is on Earth, it's interacted with water. Right. Um, in fact, even as John just mentioned, meteorites as they come into our atmosphere, uh, they react with water because there's water in our atmosphere. Um, there's a fusion crust. 
that too. Yeah, where it's the glass that uh, builds around it as the rock is melting as it passes through the atmosphere. Um, and the moon rocks they brought back were in a sealed, uh, like vacuum sealed box. So like, and then they were opened in a lab. They've never interacted with water. Yeah. Um, one of the things um, that is part of that theory is uh, that they brought back basalt, which is a volcanic rock, and they and I can just remember Mike Barra saying, "But there are no volcanoes on the moon." No, they're not. The moon's dead, but it wasn't always dead. Yeah, it but, was active at one yeah. time, and, and it's proven also it, has it was been. it was created through a Mars-sized object colliding with the Earth. So that's hell of volcanic yeah. <laughs> activity. And and it's going to melt some shit. Yeah, ancient volcanoes. Yeah, on the moon. So, and yes. there's been over 2,200 samples from the lunar surface from six Apollo missions. So, um, that just puts a plug in that theory. Well, and that's something we covered on the first episode of, of this part one of this thing was the f- very first Apollo 11 brought back 50 pounds of that, not yes. to mention everything else that you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. Now, I did look into this. They So, it is a proven fact that... NASA co-owns different science bases in Antarctica. They still do. Um, uh, Mardok, I think, is one. And Von Braun was there in 67, and it was proven because he- He was probably there before that. I'm Well, let's not talk (laughs) about his Nazi thing. It's going down a whole other thing. It's going down another rabbit hole. But he was out there kind of not really overseeing, but he was heading up that side. There have been- So there's a difference, like where you're talking about a, a moon rock versus a meteor. There is a difference- they have found lunar meteorites on Earth. Sure, yes. But back to where you're going from, the interaction between, they're different they have from fusion, what was brought back. They have fusion crust and water. Right. The meteorites. So, the meteorites, yes. Yeah. So you can sit here and say, hey, wait, you know, maybe we harvest them two years prior, and we prepped and we already had them. Mm, maybe not. Yeah. If that's the case. No, they're actual rocks brought back from the moon. Yep. Yeah. So I, I can't believe we forgot to talk about that on the last one, but. Well, that was coming to... right after the Van Allen belts, uh, I think, because that's yeah. kind of a big thing. But let's um let's jump back to some other things that we covered in the very beginning of part one of this. Uh, one of them was, and, and I think we would be, aside from ourselves, to just mention um, the <sighs> Apollo 1. Yeah. Because it was... It was horrible, you know. Any anything that any destruction like that's horrible. But um, what happened on that? What was the what happened, and what was the learning curve behind that? So it was a test. I don't think it was even a test flight. I think they were just testing the whole system. I don't think it was even meant to launch. But and because of that, I don't know why the astronauts were even in it. But uh, the crew was in the capsule. Um, they they were pumping pure oxygen into the cabin of the capsule and uh, some coolant dripped on a bare wire, which caused a spark. And if you know anything about pure oxygen, it's extremely combustible and they, it just got flash burned basically. Like they couldn't get the hatch open because it was pressurized for launch um, well, not only that, but with the fire, it's eating oxygen. It's yeah. going to vacuum itself. Yeah. So it was uh, virtually impossible to open that hatch. It was. Yeah. It was terrible because for a couple minutes you could hear them screaming about them like the, being on fire. Uh, you know, like. And the conspiracy is that 
NASA did that because they were coming out saying that the technology was so far away from ever reaching the moon and they wanted to silence the astronauts right. because they were going to be whistleblowers essentially. Because allegedly Gus Grissom hung a limit. Yes. That's, I remember that hung Which, a limit on there saying, God, we can't even talk to each other three buildings away. Man. Yeah. Like he was a shoe sure from the get go. Uh, here's the thing. If he was going to blow the whistle, why the fuck did he not just quit? Right. Like it, it's not like you're joining a communist party. You can just walk yeah, away. You can just say, you know what? If I get in this thing, I might go to the moon or I might die. I mean, I would. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't I get mean, that. And well, NASA, stumble on that. NASA learned a lot from that. They removed all yeah. combustibles from capsules. They completely redesigned the the hatch so it. So you actually had a way from, there was a release lock, I think. Yeah, Yeah, like the original hatch, you had to use a torque wrench to open it, basically. And that's when it's not on fire. Well, not only that, but that's where the other two layers. So originally, the the astronaut uniform was 19 layers. It went to 21 because they wanted to put fireproof fabric in there. Mm -hmm. Because the fabric they had, obviously, I think it was a mixture of polyester or something. Fire hits that and it's just, you're done. And unfortunately... I mean, unfortunately, there's failures, but fortunately, you learn from those failures. Yeah. In an ideal world, you you take that failure and you move on from it. Yeah, and and you're right, but the, and I, you know, we covered the whole Bill Casey thing in the beginning that he was the original conspiracist, but you know, I and this is just I'm throwing it out there. I think maybe this is some of why the moon conspiracy has survived is because sure. people go. Oh my God, we landed on the moon, picture perfect, not once, not twice, not three times. You know what I mean? In a small amount of time, they forgo the fact that Apollo 1 happened. They forgo the fact about Apollo 13 and trying to get those astronauts back because that was, we did it. But at the same time, they forget about this other thing. It just was so picture perfect for them to say, we left, we landed, we came back. That's not the case. Ten iterations you know? later, though. Yeah. Right, exactly. You forget all these little yeah. intricacies so i mean we didn't just work. we didn't just fly up to the moon all of a sudden yeah yeah i mean it took over half a million people yeah yeah <laughs> and like uh on years on uh the truth behind the moon landing they go and talk to a guy who worked on apollo 11 and uh he, or sorry apollo 1 and they're asking him about like, would they have done this to silence these astronauts? And he's talking about how he went in to examine the wreckage after the fire and the bodies were still in the capsule. And he was like, uh, I worked with these men. I cared about these men. They, he said, I think the boys were still in there and that he had to help forensically remove the bodies from the wreckage. And like he, yeah, he was definitely like, yeah, it was a horrible tragedy. Yeah, <sighs> and he well, and, no, and nothing, nothing other than that. Yeah, he said no. he uh, swore to himself that he would never let anything like that happen again. So why we're on that talk, and and I hate to be morbid because I don't like being that way, but when we're talking about tragedy and things that happen, let's talk about Thomas Barron, because that's one of the that's one of the guys that um, Bill Casing had mentioned. Um, I think you guys saw it in the truth behind the moon landing, so there was a story behind that. Yeah, the guy that they were talking to about the fire, uh, I want to say his name was Ernie Reyes, but Ernie might not be right. 
um, anyway, he uh, he also knew Thomas Barron, and they asked him about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just just to reiterate, and then yeah, Thomas Barron was a quality control safety inspector, um, and he had a mysterious death. Although you've got more notes on that, I think, on your side, right? Um. Well, yeah. Thomas Barron was a NASA whistleblower, um, and he kept notes on every little flaw that was going on, and they had deadlines to meet, mm-hmm. and he was perceived as not being a team player because. Every time he would make a note on these safety concerns, they were getting pushed. Their deadlines were getting pushed back, and you know he just wouldn't. And so he was being yeah, just it was delaying done. everything, and he just wasn't being a you know a quote unquote team player, right? Um, even though they should have listened to him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for, for so I mean, you should take safety concerns serious. Definitely, um, the. Uh, the counter argument to that, I guess, is like uh, what the guy that uh, swore he'd never let anything like this happen again after the fire yeah. uh, said was that sometimes he raised valid concerns and sometimes he was just being a nitpicky motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah. like was was needlessly delaying work. Mm-hmm. So he was fired on January 5th, 1967. Um, and he subsequently testified before a subcommittee on the safety um, of this project. And he submitted a 500 page report that somehow mysteriously vanished. Really? And they don't know where that report is. Um, So Hmm. he asked to submit it as part of the record and they said they would uh, consider that after the fact. And then they decided not to, after they read it, whether or not that's because it had damning information or just because they were like, it's 500 pages of this dude complaining about. And we're not going to bother matter. fucking yeah, through this yeah. thing. Um, but it, it did go missing. Like they, it wasn't, it, they, the subcommittee decided not to enter it into the record. And then it also like, no one's seen it since because mm-hmm. he died shortly after. Okay. So shortly after, by how far shortly after do we know? Um, a like week. a week. <laughs> so yeah, he he testifies, Jesus. and a week later he's dead, um, which is pretty crazy. Mm. Um, and him and his entire family died in a tragic car accident um, with a train, right? And uh, people, you know, conspiracy theorists say that NASA assassinated him because he was. A whistleblower right. and he was a disgruntled employee and all this stuff. But when you really look at, and also another interesting fact is the train. Yeah. From J and J rail yard that yeah. NASA owned and operated. Yeah. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. So NASA owned and operated this train that struck uh, Thomas Barron's vehicle. But when you look at it, I mean, how, he washed his car 20 minutes before um, he died too. So, yeah, which, like, who washes their car 20 minutes before they die? But here's, we're going to get dark here for a second. When people decide, they're if, if it was a suicide, when people decide they're going to commit suicide, they kind of tend to be a little bit happier and put their affairs in order. And, like, yeah. How about he just washed his car 20 minutes ahead of time? I'd no, do I mean, that. It doesn't seem, 
I think suicide is pretty far out of the picture. I think it was an accident. I I, I think he was trying to beat the train because yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the most intricate assassination to, to try to line that up. Well, you'd have to, to get know. a train. You'd have to know his entire schedule. Yeah. Then you'd have to be like, you would have to know that he was even going to cross the train tracks then, and then get the train moving at a good enough velocity coming down to perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Come so just to confirm, do you believe that he com- that maybe he committed suicide or was just a fucking accident? I think it's way more likely it was an accident. I think he was trying to beat the train. I mean, granted, because he had his wife so and his stepdaughter these... in the car, and like, so he had just been fired. So I cross train tracks every day on my way to work. So if NASA wanted to assassinate me that way, I guess they could, unless I had just been fired, in which case they never know when I'm going to cross those train tracks. Let me make a note. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. it, it seems like, and apparently the report said he took the turn at 30 miles an hour. Yeah. And that's oh, a shit. really fast way to take a turn. So Especially in he a, sees this train coming. He's trying he, to beat it. He doesn't slow down whatsoever. He takes this turn at right. 30 miles an hour, which is fucking fast to take a turn and it's and a tries very to sharp blow turn. through it and it's a super sharp turn and you know what he just the calculations were off and that train just slams into him and maybe tragic- he thought i got a clean car i can go faster you know maybe and that's tragically uh, that's kills. And, yeah it, and i mean there's it just sucks because his family and his too. stepdaughter were in the car yeah. too you know yeah but. i mean there's just no conspiracy about it though i mean no it, the it train just, was going 40 miles an hour he was going 30 miles an hour and I mean, it's just a lot of things that end up lining up and a lot of synchronicities that, you know, yeah, the world's a strange place and sometimes lines up. And I agree with that. Sometimes it's, I guess you can call it karma. Karma's weird. Sometimes it comes comes to fruition to a certain point. definitely tried to beat a train to the point where I came close to being like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this important. People are just impatient. Well, yeah. Especially and, nowadays. You know, yeah. and especially it sucks getting sucked behind a train where yeah. Stoll and I live or, yeah. you know, like we live on the other side of the train tracks and we're constantly getting stuck by, behind trains. Yeah, I live like a block away from basically a rail yard. And it sucks. And watching, Actually, I got stuck on your house the other day that yeah. fucking way. Yeah, and watching yeah. the trains back up and hump cars and get ready to move out. Like once the train's loaded up and ready to go, like, I mean, it's NASA. They can figure out how to put a, fucking rover on mars i'm sure if they really wanted to they could figure out how to hit this dude with a train but also but that shit's fucking ridiculous also he had already testified yep so right so it's already out there so what are you stopping there there is nothing that yeah what are they stopping he's already testified so anything that he was going to say he's already said it so silencing him only really looks bad on their part the well, only yeah, because thing, it's just, it sets because it's them like, up to be yeah, exactly. So where 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 yeah. is the point yeah. in the assassination attempt? What, what the set has only been thing set? at that point is to try and and silence the five hundred page report. But like that's also assuming that there was anything in the five hundred page report that worth reading. Exactly. Okay. Well, not only that, but you're saying the five hundred page report never was found, or it can't be found. It can't. be. Yeah, he yeah. should have been smart and read it into the record instead of just saying he wanted to submit <laughs> it, but. Well, this is what's funny about that. So here's another thing about reports being lost. Um, And just confirm this for me real quick because I found this in different things. Uh, NASA admitted that they lost the footage. So there was over 200,000 hours of film that was filmed for all the Apollo missions. Everything nut to butt. All that was, and from what what I read, it was 
to save money, we're going to reuse these, demagnetize them, and reuse the film footage for somewhere else. Yeah, they had they had massive budget cuts. Okay. So they weren't able to buy any yep. more magnetic tapes. I get that. But again, you have 200,000 hours of footage from one of the most remarkable historic events. You're going to record over it? I honestly think they thought they had it backed up somewhere else because they also broadcasted okay, that's it what to I'm wondering. a bunch of like uh like uh universities and stuff that were also like receiving the broadcast um and so I think they just assumed there were other copies. Yep. And they were they were doing that for their new missions which probably in their eyes the new mission was more important. It's kind of like how Neil Armstrong is like, yeah, I walked on the moon. Nonchalantly. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. yeah and, but again, I, mean, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I I would get maybe, but at least, at least maybe Apollo 11 at, at, you know, save that, pull that out. Maybe they did have it backed up. Maybe that was the case um, you know, because yeah. there was, there was a year, there was a check of time to where NASA came out. I think it was, let's see, so it was 2000. Five when they came out and said, "Okay, we did all this. We lost everything." And then 2011, they said, "Oh, we salvaged some of it." So there, there was a chunk of time there where they lost everything. Now they came back and they have everything. Well, they, and you know, with that type of technology, if they still have the actual physical tapes, like nothing's ever completely erased, you can recover something. Yeah, true. It's, it it's like if you tape over a. VCR tape or a cassette tape. Like if you have the right technology, you can salvage some of that. Like when you put the little piece of tape over the cassette. I used to do that shit all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's very interesting. Um, I think it's a huge oversight on some. I, I would call it product. more than a huge oversight. Yeah. I call that like a big, especially again, when you're looking at a conspiracy theorist, well, of course it didn't happen. Look yeah. how they didn't give a shit about all these film footages. Yep. yep. You know, somebody yeah. said about that. But also what they kept that's in the uh, National Archives would take several lifetimes to go through mm-hmm. all of it. I mean, yeah, yeah which so oh, a I, lot I, of I training stuff. So you're like, yeah, why why did they tape over the Apollo 11 footage when they could have taped over this training shit? But Well, and there were a quarter of a million tapes for the Apollo mission. Right. So a quarter of a million tapes. That's... yeah. It's quite significant, and also it's not like they were all labeled like Neil Armstrong's first trip to the moon, uh, little Johnny's birthday. uh, You don't think so, though? Boy, I I wish I was in charge of that shit. They were all labeled with codes. They were all labeled with coding. And, I mean... Yeah, I mean, even still today, like, NASA doesn't, like, say Apollo 11 on, like... The footage, it's like the code of the mission, like STS, whatever. Well, I so I was telling John earlier before you showed up and we started this. Um, I sat there, I, I was on excuse me, work, I was on a Skype call <clears throat> and I had Dude. time to watch <laughs> the actual original Apollo mission. I didn't watch the whole thing, but the landing, yeah. everything that was happening. Uh, it's three hours originally of just them fucking off. Like yeah. they spent two and a half hours on the moon, but it's three hours of them just kind of doing whatever they're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, the footage was refined a little bit, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great at the same time. Another thing I have for the hoaxes, and this is my question. I just kind of want to throw it out there real quick. Um, how many people were invested into 
the Apollo program as far as who was in charge of what. The 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 number I had was around two hundred thousand plus. It's like around half a million. Is that what it was? It was okay. um there was over five hundred thousand people involved. Um and let me see here. Where is it? Where is it? Um, I'm going somewhere with this too, by the way. I just want to. Well, NASA employed 500,000 people for the Apollo program and 20,000 industrial firms and universities for the Apollo program. So okay. there's almost you know 600,000 people so, at least. So with that being said, how can you pull a hoax off with half a million people? I, I don't think you can. Like uh, you had brought up the Manhattan Project. That's why I'm going with this. So I did bring up the Manhattan Project. There was over there was over 500,000 people that worked on the Manhattan Project, and none of them knew what they were doing. Not one, till the bomb was dropped. I've, well, that brings up Bob Lazar's credibility. <laughs> That's going way over here again. But yeah. I mean, you know that he says that you know he can't say exactly what he was working on because. He worked on a tiny yeah. little fragment. It was very, very compartmentalized, yeah. which is what you do when you're working on secret shit, when you're working on a very public thing that you are trying to solve very rapidly, you don't compartmentalize because that's, that's you the need answer collaboration. Right yeah. You, you, because we already know collab- the president put it out. We already know this is a goal that we want to have. It's out there. Collaboration is essential in this endeavor. Yeah. Yes. Um, hmm. I mean that's that's the best point I think you could make. I didn't even think about that, but Manhattan Project private. I mean, yeah, the damn top pr- secret. Yeah, yeah, not very, even very like private. Above very top very secret. Yeah. As private as you could possibly. Yeah, top secret. What am I talking hey, about? Don't tell anybody about this, but I'm going to tell you a secret. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, not like that. The damn president of the United States went out and said, "This is exactly what we're going to do," and this is a. You know, we're not going to do this because it's easy, but because it's hard. In this decade? And we did not have the technology at the time, and it took damn near a million people. Damn near a million people. To pull it off. To pull it off in a decade. Yep. So highly unlikely that we had the technology, but we did it. Uh, And and that shows the human perseverance and spirit, I think. Speaking of the, I think that's a great point. And speaking of the technology aspect of like, that was one of the theories. We just didn't have the technology. And, uh, well, we didn't for time. Yeah, we had to build it. Um, we had to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but again, like you said, we had a goal. And that's what, that's what brought us together because we had that goal. Yeah. And here's the thing about NASA. Like, eventually, if, if, eventually it's going to be the right idea over the person pitching it. Right. So, like, uh, Werner von Braun wanted to uh, do the Earth orbit uh, rendezvous and oh, basically build yeah. a fucking space station to launch shit to the moon, which maybe in the long run would have been the better plan. He, uh, There was a mid-level manager uh, named John Hobalt, Hobalt who was like, he discovered like a... a I don't know if he discovered the right word. He came across like a theory that a Russian uh, mathematician and engineer had put out uh, in like the 1920s, I think. Hmm. And uh, it said it was basically like theories on how to get to the moon. And he was talking about uh, lunar rendezvous. Yeah. The lunar orbit rendezvous. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and this guy Hobart was like, yo, 
this is going to be way easier. We don't have to build a rocket that's like the size of the Empire State Building to do uh, this. You mean 36 stories? Because that's where Saturn sat. It was that high. I'm pretty sure the Empire State Building is bigger than that. Oh, I know it is. Oh, okay. In reference. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just shut up. Uh, no, I'm just saying like, so Von Braun's plan like might have eventually worked, but it would have taken like massive, massive Gargantuan leaps to try to get it out. And, yeah. and rockets and stuff. And uh, when Ho- like Hobart pitched this plan and he pitched this plan and no one would like talk to him about it. And he finally got, got someone to pay attention to him and it finally like won out. And uh, he stayed like a mid- mid-level manager. Like he was an engineer and a manager of a couple teams. And, um, and Von Braun personally invited him into uh, the control room for the landing because like he shouldn't have been there, but he was like, Hey, thank you for convincing me I was wrong, basically, which is probably like the only human thing that dude ever did. <laughs> That's another, we got to dive into that, by the way. I touched a little bit on him before with the whole NASA episode 10, but Von Braun is a motherfucker. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a genius and. That's what's sad about geniuses though. You know, you kind of make that go to the wayside. Um, in this, oh, in this particular instance, I, I don't think it's that. I think he's just a fucking not he, he's an inhuman piece of shit yeah yeah and, he, and that's another story for another day but yes yes that's a good point yep that our government relied heavily on all our technological advances that's well, yeah. well it, it get, okay and honestly this is another one of the conspiracy theories or that it piles into right so uh operation paperclip was what we called it um where we like swooped up all the Nazi scientists we could that we knew were working on like basically their space program. Uh, I don't know what the Russian version was called, but they did the same thing. Yep. Exactly. So we basically divided the high level Nazi science scientists that we wanted. Yeah. We took 1500 Nazi scientists and war criminals and brought them over to America without repercussion. No whitewashed their records. Yep. Yep. You you guys are free and clear. Do whatever. Don't worry about your past. Yep. So, the SS, you could only get into the SS if you were a true believer. Like, you didn't get conscripted into the SS. You didn't get drafted. Like, you had to try to be in the SS. Like, and uh, he was a colonel in the SS. And it while he was trying to develop the V2 in Pinamunda, he was, like, working prisoners of war and, uh, like, Jewish prisoners and just anyone he could get his hands on to death to build that facility, like work around the clock, little food, little water, work around the clock until you die. And then you're replaced by someone else. And he was a fucking horrible piece of shit. Um, anyway, I hate Nazis. Um, (laughs) I I mean, I can second that. I think we can all agree with that. So that was kind of like the deal with the devil that we made. The Russians also made that. I think that's why the Russians were having earlier success because the Russians were a little bit less like, hey, we'll set you up with this nice life and we'll like, you know, take care of you and you can do whatever. I think the Russians were. um, Uh, From what I've read, the Russians actually were way shittier to their German scientists. Yeah. Americans. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, that, I, I no, thought you were saying it the no, other way No, no, that's exactly like, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like, we were kind of like, hey, dude, like, help us out, and we'll take care of you, and we'll, like, wipe clean your uh, your 
war cri- your war crimes. Yeah. And uh, the Russians were like, do this or you die. Yeah. And yeah. so they were having a lot of early successes. And I think that like the Operation Paperclip Nazis were like, yeah, fuck these guys anyway. Let's yeah. let Russia win. And I think at some point, and this was a theory that the same dude that was saying that they blacked out the 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 stars on the moon landing because they found ancient evidence of ancient civilizations. Uh, so the source is uh, <laughs> eh, questionable, but uh, his theory was that like when we started really losing the space race, like the government went to Von Braun and his boys and were like, "Hey." We fucking hooked you up. You need to stop fucking around and make this shit happen or else guess where you're fucking going. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just unbelievable. And for those of you who might be listeners of Strange Uncles, um, here's a little clip from episode 10. Absorbed uh, the goddamn former Nazi known as Warner Von Braun, by the way. Does anybody know his name or recognize it? No, that's the first I heard. Um, so he ran this missile agency, and he was in charge of it, which is another quick tidbit down this rabbit hole, and this is kind of where we're going to go to assist this guy. We don't need to cover Von Braun's vast history. Uh, but if you don't, just type in the godfather of the space program, and you will have an answer. Not knocking him for being a brilliant mind, because that's exactly what he was. We're going to knock him for this, and this is the one thing that kind of sticks in, in my craw. When he convinced Hitler in 1943 that the V-2 weapon was a go and needed to be a mass-produced weapon, he sure turned his eyes away from the thousands of starved, beaten prisoners that were used to build the weapons. Just to give you guys a fucking idea of how horrible the conditions were, 5,000 people died in the first three months building these weapons because they were underground. Hitler just wanted to fucking turn shit out. That's all he wanted to do. Damn. So, we think his moral compass was a little fucking askew, I think, you know. But back to our regular schedule program, what we're talking about with NASA. Yeah, I mean, he just is a monster. <clears throat> yeah, me. surprisingly enough, uh, they made a bunch of Disney stuff with that fucking douchebag. And by surprisingly he enough, meant with Disney. very sarcastic. Yeah. Disney was a notorious anti-Semite. Yes, he was. Yeah. Probably yeah. nobody wants to hear that, but... He was. Because as far as I'm concerned, all the Apollo missions that went in should have had a swastika flag on the side of the missile. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. He's the one that was really heading that up. Yeah, he was, but there were also a lot of, like, good fucking people that were There were a lot of good people. Project. Like, here's the sorted history of NASA is just, and it's not just NASA, it's just us, America. Yeah. Like, we were like, hey- Dude who is responsible for the deaths of thousands of innocent people. Uh, you know how to build rockets? We right. need rockets. Come yeah. hang out. So here's I mean, my he thing. Helped, he helped in the nuclear program as well. Not, yeah. Um, that, he he that, was actually huge in the nuclear program, that, more that, than what? Yeah, that show, Truth Behind uh, the Moon Landing, they kind of claimed that they he was brought over for the space race. And... That's not exactly true. He was brought over for the nuclear program. Oh, to like develop the ICBMs and shit? Yeah. Well, he was working in his own- That's what he worked on first at at Area 51 and everything. So, Well, he had his own- um, He was heading up. It was his own uh, rocket firm that he was kind of in charge of that they brought him on originally. I think when we originally brought him in, 
hey, hide over here and run this thing. And then NASA got invented and then everything was merged into it. It's kind of how there is 27 different agencies that NASA engulfed when they first came into light in 58. And he's one of them. We're going to have to talk so, about Paperclip at some point because I, I think it's yeah. fascinating. Like yeah. if, if you watch even recent documentaries, they still like push the whitewashed like, oh, he was conscripted. Like, no. Which blows my mind. I, I, I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. get that. So this is another – this leads into a question that I have, and it's more of a political type frame, I guess. We talk about Von Braun. We talk about um, the era we're in. We've got the cold race going on, obviously. We mentioned in the previous part one episode, Russia, Sputnik, 57, NASA, 58. Kennedy comes out in 61, right after Russia has their first cosmonaut in space. Like, all this stuff is coming to fruition. So, obviously, there's a race going on. Yeah. We made the goal. Mm-hmm. We landed there. Yep. Okay. We did it right up to 72 with different Apollo missions. Um, by the way, it was uh, other than 13, you know, for that we end up, I think, at 72 with um, Apollo I 17, think, yeah, I 17 think, correct? Was the last one, right? So, uh, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So, you have all this stuff enveloped in that. Questions number one, okay, why'd we stop? And I already kind of have an answer for that, but I want to ask mm-hmm. you guys too, how come no other country did the same thing? Russia. China, Japan, nobody else decided, even if you're second runner up, Japan's famous for taking something that's invented and making it better. So even their country, like, why didn't we keep pursuing this? Why didn't other countries do it? Why did we, I understand when they talk about our country and okay, now the, the money versus a need for the want versus a political system, we're out of the cold war, things change. What about the other countries? Uh, well, I think this might be where we get weird. Well, I'm I'm just going to say the reason we stopped is because the space race was over. There was zero competition. We had won the game, and we made it. So as soon as the uh, competition was done, public interest was lost. Yeah, because we yeah. we we I, got I there. I'm so with and public, we get bored super quick. Yeah, public sure. interest it had waned, and so that dried up the funding, and there was just no one cared about going to the moon anymore because we'd done it. We'd beat the Russians, we'd beat the entire world, and we saw it. And now the public interest is just super even uninterested. Even by Apollo 13, they were already like. The major networks were like, eh, we're not going to carry all of this footage because bonanza's on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I get that. But and the- that, like, I mean, not necessarily like the landing in the moon footage, but the like guys hanging out in the right. in the vehicle having a great old time. It's really what we want to. Yeah. Really, what we want to see. Mean, how many times do you want to see the Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship? Never again. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> never again for sure. But I mean, even after you see it a couple times, you're like, okay, well. I saw that. Yeah. Like, let's move on. Okay. I, I get it. Okay. So that's our spectrum as a country. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Now, as a political figure and military, especially, when we go somewhere, we never leave. Same thing with Earth. We go somewhere, we're in, we have bases in every single country, yeah. still in Vietnam, still in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, that, that's just us in general. Not as mankind, kind of in a way, but, yeah, but I mean, especially military and Americans in general. We, we don't, 
we don't let loose the grasp. Yeah, one, once we beat you, we now put a base there. Or once we help you out, we now put a base there. We've got bases all over England. We've got all bases over Japan. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, does any other country do that? I want to know. I'm curious. Do you know? Um, United Kingdom does a lot. The Brits do that a lot. You know, where they don't leave, but they've had a history of that too. Yeah. Where, you know, they. Yeah, they, for they hundreds go, of years. Right. Right. So I think we just kind of followed suit on that. Other countries don't as much. Um, Japanese, for example, yes, okay, we have bases there. The, we got rid of their constitution. We don't call it a constitution. We call it a, a peace treaty they can follow type thing, but that's almost expired. So we're kind of the only white Anglo-Saxon people that kind of conquer. So we're the biggest assholes. Yeah. yeah what would much. we do if Iraq wanted to make a base in Maryland? Oh, or I mean, what South Dakota or something, right? Right. That's, anyway, you know, like, there, yeah. there's no fuck way. But yet we have McDonald's in Iraq. Uh, we're getting yeah. off the topic. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're not getting off the topic because that's that's one of the questions that led me in the very beginning before I started researching this. We didn't land on the moon, and we didn't land on the moon because we're not there. There's a reason we're not there. There's got to be a reason we're not there. It's not about money. It's not about anything else. So, so many different projects that go on that are either blacklisted or underwater or whatever have you. And, and, and we all know the government, you know, again, patriotic as a mofo can't trust them as far as you can throw them. So how come we're not continuing the moon? Because we have no idea how to sustain life on an essentially uninhabitable zone. But there was five projects before we even landed on the moon. Yeah. They tried to do project horizon and yeah, Project I Luna. Almost, I believe and I almost want one. to say Project Horizon was in like 1959, mm-hmm. even it before was. we, yeah. even before we even, yeah, put that the, was ten years before we put the first man. One on conspiracy the moon. theory that I saw about the 69 landing being faked was because we were already there. Mm. Yeah, so um, that's another one that's that's active. To be honest with you, so that that's my only. I just I just don't think you know. Okay, the first landing we were there for two hours. Um, the another one we were there for seven. Like. Another one, I, I, I'm unsure of how, how long we were there for, but we don't know how to sustain life with all the – like you need so many uh, supplies and, and to I agree sustain with that. life. And they're actually – look, it was it last year. generate a huge amount of garbage and waste. Well – yeah, because we don't because we change our environment to live in it. That's why. Well, I mean, even just like eating and shitting. Right. No, I like. Thank you, TMI. I know what you're talking about, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, right. But I know what. As of last year, they were talking about finding um, not meter tunnels, but tunnels in moon that could hide us from radiation. Can we build a base here? Like that was as early as last year. Uh, so. I saw something where they were like talking about going to the moon to mine like helium three and stuff. And they're like, well, how do you do that in, uh, in this low gravity, highly radioactive, no oxygen environment. And the scientist, I think it was a scientist. I can't even remember where I saw this was like, well, basically you put like thick plastic over a crater and (laughs) you inflate it enough to pressurize it. And then you don't have to worry about no pressure, no oxygen. You just have to worry about radiation, which the thick plastic will help with. And then mm. is that kind of like what, 10 years ago when they said, hey, if we ever get in a chemological attack, 
Just put saran wrap on your windows. They, That's going to protect no, you. No, dude. They say that about uh, fallout from nuclear oh, weapons. Oh, my God. Which, if you're not vaporized from the actual explosion... Good luck finding the saran wrap. Well, it, it's... That Quick, is, honey, get me the saran wrap. I feel like the Ruskies are... <laughs> that is, that is like, an actual, like, you... So the way the fallout works is, like, if you don't breathe it in, you can wash it off, and it's not... It's not something you want to be around, but it's... Kind of like the dogs in Chernobyl. Ex- minimal exposure. Same thing. Yeah. Whereas if you breathe it in, then it's in your body kicking out radiation... Which is why, like, cover your windows, like, seal them with duct tape and plastic. Okay, yeah, I mean, I get that. Hide underneath your desk. I've heard it my whole life type thing. Um, other questions that I had real quick, and and I think, you know, unless you guys want to bring something up, we're kind of wrap this up to the end, but these are things that, that are still kind of poking at me a little bit. Not only why are we not there, these other things. Uh, 2005, uh, NASA admitted, or not really admitted, it was an actual speech that they made, um, because they said, hey, we're going back to the moon. And NASA said, well, you know, we can't because we don't have the equipment. Are we? We don't have the... Yeah. Well, now I think it's 2030 or something. Yeah, some NASA like was like, are we? Yeah. Well, we don't have anything. We don't have the blueprints. We don't have the technology. We don't have this. We don't have that. Maybe it's out of date. And that could be. But I mean, when, you know, NASA... And then you combine the thing with the original moon landing cost around $30 billion to do the original Apollo 11. Right. Right, and if you see the percentage of the national budget that NASA gets, it's it was like f- a fraction of a percent. Yeah, because back in sixty-seven, uh, sixty-five, but well, back in sixty-five when it was the highest, it was four percent of the federal budget. Yeah, it's not even close to that. Now. NASA gets next to no money now. Yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, I think twenty-one billion was. They're what like is about to start a GoFundMe this year, basically. Which is well, even though twenty-one billion sounds like a lot of money, that's nothing compared to what we spend on defense or like. Right. We spend eighty. We spend eighty billion dollars on defense starting. Yeah. Versus NASA, so it would cost us one hundred thirty-three billion dollars in now's money to land on the moon, even if we had the technology, we got it all put together. That's what it would cost to actually pull off one landing. Well, and you know, the public really drives politicians. A lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, True. A lot of time. And I don't think there's any public interest in that. And also, why don't we have a base on the moon? I think partly because there ain't shit on the moon. There's helium three, dude. Yeah, okay. we're almost okay. running out of helium. We are. Earth. We are actually no, running helium, out of helium. helium three is like a super reactive uh, Fuck. Oh, is that yeah, not like, a, like a huge idiot? Uh, it, it, yeah, you could use it for like nuclear. Fusion oh, so that's not shit. blowing up balloons, helium? No, this it's, is it's another like type a, of helium. Oh, okay, it's like something you could use to fuel deep space travel and shit. Oh, like that was the whole reason that the guy was talking about putting a fucking plastic tarp over the fucking crater and inflating Fuck it. A plastic tarp was uh, that you could do that to mine helium three. Yeah. Well, and another reason we would want to try to go to the moon again and do that is because it's a nice jumping off point for, say, Mars. Yeah. You're and other things we have past the Van Allen belts and yeah. out of the atmosphere. Well, you got a, you got a terminal, done. an airport of sorts. Yeah. Well, and we're conquerors. So. Mm-hmm. Our nation is, I mean, look at how much we spend on the defense budget. Yeah. If we have a base on the moon, we're going to put, you know, rockets on there and they're going to be aimed directly at China and Russia 
And I just don't think we have the capability and the science and the knowledge to set up a base to where a person can live up there for any substantial amount of time. One yeah. guy with a big red button. Hey, if any, I'm, if shit happens, hit this one right here. Yeah. I'm of two minds. And, and they've actually, they've literally tried to do it. So it's not like we oh, haven't yeah. tried. No, I, we had, we've had it plotted out. We can get some people yeah. up there, but we can't just set up a fucking neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I'm of two minds on it. Like there's the, everything you guys are saying that is very logical and very reasonable. And I totally agree with, but then I'm also like, heard the rumors that we got told to fuck off out of here and never come back. <laughs> That's you um, read my mind. I was actually going to ask you, that was the but, next thing I was going down. And then also beyond that is what we were talking about earlier where, uh, black budget science is 40, 50 years ahead of us. Maybe we just don't even need to be there now. You know, what and, I mean? and that, you know what? And that makes more sense than anything. I think to a certain point, but as far as we know, in like the not like super top secret world, uh, we don't know how to have human beings in low or no gravity and not have that just fuck your physiology up. Yeah. Oh, they've already. You know? What was that astronaut uh, that was in space for over yeah, a year? The twins, like one was on the ISS for over right. a year, and the other one was down here, and, and they proved that he yeah. had health issues. And the same thing people can say about the astronauts going through the radiation belt, Van Allen belt, that um, you know they live to be happy and old, and they shouldn't have done that because even if they got a little bit of a dosage, they should have had health complications, and they didn't. So you know, but then again, you know, we said there, there's dogs and animals in Chernobyl that's doing just well, fine. And I think I saw something that radiation doesn't really work how we. How us lay it, people? It, think I don't it think does. it's. I don't think it does. Yeah, especially it, when you look at Chernobyl for a good example of that. I mean, if we if it worked how we thought it worked, there would be nothing. I mean, I just feel yeah, like yeah, in my, in like my mind, don't in my it. mind, you stick a thing with radiation next to me, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm fucking dead. Yeah, and I have cancer, and I'm losing my hair. And but that's not the case. That's not really well, how it works. Depending no. on how I don't radioactive how it, it is and how long you're next to it. Yeah, sure. But yeah. that's the key thing. Is or you could be like the Hulk and, and do gamma rays and you next that to guy. Yeah. yeah. But, so. uh, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that the evidence and the science backs up that we landed on the moon on July 20th, 1969. And I think there's more than enough evidence and science to back up that fact. And the conspiracy theories are a lot of them very easily debunked with shutter speeds, with apertures of the camera, you know, with simple trajectories. Um, Occam's razor, I think is. Yeah. The, is the way very, they go, we go on this one. Yeah. yeah. And I will say that, uh, yeah, after research, after digging through weeks of research, yeah, we went there. Now, am I still on the fence with the politics? question i guess is why i waited to part two to ask you guys that because i want to know your viewpoints that still baffles me you, you mean know, like, just because i know how humans work like why we're point. not still there why we don't why go we're back. not still there why do you know other countries go there why didn't you know there's still these little I mean, one-offs there's but, a valuable resource there know. and there's always like looking for knowledge and stuff but at the same time like john said there's not much else there there's not anything there that makes money and it costs a fuck ton of money to go there and and, and yeah 
And there's no public interest. So when there's no yep. public interest and all of a sudden they're spending an exuberant amount of money to do this again, people are going to be like, yo, don't do that. Don't spend my money on yeah. that. Spend my money on... Storm Area 51. Yeah. Or paying <laughs> teachers or I mean, right. the, the cleaning more up Flint's basic water. I mean, we're still spending yeah. way too much money on defense. So oh, way, 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 way oh too much. Oh, my God. But, I mean, that's a whole other well, thing. we got to be the strongest power in the world. I, I think, well, what do you got on your side? Oh, I don't know. I was probably just going to say something real stupid. Okay. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think if there were tea or... Opium or oil on the fucking moon, we'd be oh, there. Oh, shit. If there's oil, we'd fucking be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. And guarantee. honestly, like with there being an abundance of helium 3, I'm surprised we're not there. But I think it's just comes down to like, we don't know how to make zero gravity not. We don't have a harness it now, so us. we're not going to worry about it. We know where it's at. We know how to harness it. And then it, once we, just, we get it figured out, we'll, you know. Functionally being able to get it is the hard part. So between part one and part two of all this, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, this is a little tidbit fact, and then we can you know do promos and wrap up. Um, the moon and numerology. Did you guys cover this at all or step on this? No. Because I did. I thought this was kind of funny. So Kennedy's speech. Is it in retrograde? <laughs> is it in Gatorade? Some of it actually might be. I'm in retrograde. <laughs> so Kennedy's speech uh, was on May 25th, 1961, right? 1961, number one, is an invertible number, right? 1961, you flip it upside down, it says 1961. Okay. There's not many years oh, like that can... Sure. Or whatever. Right. right, exactly, that can do that. Um, the numbers, first of all, if you add five plus 25 plus six plus one equals 37... And that's the day that Kennedy gave his speech. 37 is a prime factor for 1961. Means nothing. But anyway, I thought it was funny. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, you know, for what it's worth, it's interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's more into very it. Very like synchronistic. The day yeah. that we actually did the Apollo 11 on 69, that fits into numerology as well as far as prime factors, when we launched, how we launched. And again, you talk about things just sometimes happen. I think things just sometimes happen. Yeah. I think just sometimes Yeah, that's a thing. They could not have planned. I mean, that's just... (laughs) No. That's that's like, the definition. let's line our train up right here to get this guy. It's the same thing. I mean, but that, I mean, that's, that's interesting regardless. Like, oh, that's, that's a cool little little tidbit fact as far as the conspiracy. So, you know, I got to say this was fun. I, I immensely enjoyed the research. Uh, Yeah. You know, this is something that uh, I I think we should have done a while ago. Glad we did. Um, promos. Um, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. Subscribe, follow, you know, all the fun stuff. Um, tell Apple Music I'm an asshole because that would be fun. Apple Podcasts, I guess. Don't tell me. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. You can find us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Instagram. And you can find us on Twitter at Strange Uncles Pod. Um, you can also find mystrangeuncles.com, uh, which is our website. And we kind of alluded a little bit into this episode when we talked about the bases and stuff on the moon. There's actually an article up there in the toy box, I believe, uh, that tells about five different projects that could have happened, should have happened, would have happened. They didn't. Just strictly in regards to the moon. So, you know, there's cool. stuff on there for you guys to to listen to. And if you want to call us, by all means, call us. 801-252-69. Yeah. 45. Leave us your story. We'd love to hear it. 
Uh, meanwhile, I guess we can uh, go to the moon. Or close the gates. Or close the gates.